You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Goldseth. It is Thursday, May 16th. I'm itchy. You're itchy. Did you stay <laughs> up and watch the blues last night? I listened to it. Our TV's not working right now. Also, we don't have cable, so I don't think we could have watched it anyway. But I listened to it, and it was brutal. I... I, I, I heard. Not um, happy. My I, friend and I were sending gifts back to it and back and forth to each other. It was amusing, and then it was really just depressing. By gifts, you mean images, right? Moving, moving images. images. Thank you. It's a moving picture. H- happy, Talking picture. Happy oh. anniversary, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Your KFUO anniversary. Three yeah. years that uh, I even, made it. You <laughs> survived a cubicle next to mine. It's uh, true. <laughs> glad to have you on board for three years. I was sharing a Facebook memory today. Did oh, you yeah. see that? I that saw the uh, notification, but I haven't looked yet. Should from, I look right now? It was like last year or totally sometime. on Facebook right yeah. now, guys. <laughs> That uh, <laughs> said, uh, what did you say? Something about, oh, some, I, it's nice to have a millennial on staff, and you're like, someone's got to do the social media around uh, here. So. I did say that. We have yeah. two great topics <laughs> on deck today. Um, two, there's a, we're always talking about opportunities to serve, but um, many of us remember not too long ago the devastating flooding that, that uh, overtook the Midwest, especially mm-hmm. in parts of Nebraska. And uh, Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Fremont is is ready to start, or they're organizing and ready to to start lining up volunteers for this summer to uh, to help with recovery efforts. So we're going to talk with them, and uh, it's uh, it's May sixteenth, which um, apparently there the uh, the church is not the only one who has movable holidays. This is true. Yes, um, we're in the middle of Ramadan. Is that right? Sort of. Sort yeah. of in the middle Started of Ramadan. Weekish ago, I think. I know very little about it. Um, I grew up in Dearborn, so okay. So you grew up in a community, lots of Muslim neighbors. I have very few, Uh, so I think it's helpful to learn a little bit about our Muslim neighbors and what this season means, so that uh, when we're talking with them, we we know. You know, we a have little some bit about them. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to talk about that in the second half as well. Thanks so much for joining us for the Coffee Hour. And thanks to our friends at Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about them at cuw.edu. Cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. And they are sharing a bunch of really great stories right now about their grads. I just read two yes. great stories one about a speech pathologist and one about a nurse. Um, good stuff. So, all on Twitter. Yeah. Follow them. Well, <laughs> and I saw them on, on Facebook too. So okay. check them out on uh, Facebook or Twitter or all the interweb stuff um, <laughs> and learn more about them. We're heading now to Fremont, Nebraska. Uh, Rumkea Okander is the Director of Youth and Family Ministry at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Fremont, Nebraska. Rumkea, thanks so much for being our guest. Thank you for having me on so we can kind of talk about our great needs for volunteers here. So I appreciate you helping us promote that. Absolutely. Tell us about the about Fremont and the surrounding communities, Fremont, Nebraska, and the surrounding communities, what they were like prior to the uh, the floods that took place this early spring. Well, first of all, the, the flood was just massive. Um, 70% of the counties in Nebraska were declared federal disaster areas. So while we're in Fremont, um, there are plenty of pockets throughout all of Nebraska that actually have been affected by this. And, and what was happening in Fremont is um, what we have found is uh, after the floods, we found that there was about... Uh, 22% of all FEMA requests from this flood actually came from Fremont, which I know percentage-wise doesn't sound a lot, but that means a quarter of all the FEMA um, applications came from our city. So we were hit pretty hard, and our surrounding neighborhoods were as well. Fremont is a a rather smaller town, not a huge community, uh, but around us we have a lot of farmland and we have a lot of tiny towns. So we're talking towns of a, we have a town north of us that's about 100 people. We have a town south of us that's about 2,000. 
So we're kind of a central hub of a larger town surrounded by all kinds of smaller communities. And so a lot of our smaller communities, that's before the flood, after the flood, our smaller communities have been severely affected as well as Fremont. Um, during the flood, actually, Fremont, uh, um, you couldn't get to Fremont. Mm. Every single road and bridge was covered in water, and it became an island. Um, and the only way in and out of Fremont was literally helicopter, and then they were taking tiny planes to get people, if they needed to, especially for emergencies, move them to hospitals. Um, so as a result, we still have limited ways in which we can actually get to Fremont. Um, I actually live in Omaha, and so I couldn't get to work. And, and now even there's only one way I can get from Omaha. There used to be four different ways. Now there's only one way. So a um, lot of damage that we're still trying to recover come from and, and pick up the pieces from. Describe some of that some of that damage. I know I saw um, some some pictures on Facebook in the the weeks following the flood, and it's it's mind boggling yeah. uh, these pictures of of what these floods did to the not only the the fields but the just the infrastructure um, of of that area. Describe some of, of that of that devastation or in the, in your area. Yeah, well, as far as as homes go, um, it was varying levels of flooding. Some of the uh, homes. We have some members at our church, actually, who that just their basement flooded. But then we have several members of our church where their entire house was flooded and they lost everything. So it's it's just varying degrees of that, and that doesn't even account for farmers. Mm. People take for granted what farmers do for us, and our farmers, their farmland, because of all this water coming in. I can, I can drive you by several places where sand piles look like ginormous snow piles because the, the water brought in so much sand and dumped it on farmland. So farmers are having to, uh, you'll see on the outskirts of some of their fields, they just bulldozed the sand that came in, and you see piles of sand around the outside so that they can plant because we're in planting season. Mm-hmm. So, so there's that piece of it. Um, there's a town just north of us where the entire town, um, it's one of those small towns, is completely devastated and uncertain what's really going to happen with that town if it's, if it's actually going to be able to be rebuilt because of um, <laughs> regulations and things that are requiring of those people to be able to rebuild. Um, I was just in, uh, had a group in last week volunteering, and we have some uh, like trailer homes type of situations in our community and so they were crawling underneath ripping out the insulation you take for granted that when water gets up under those mm-hmm. that's that's tough i mean mm-hmm. you gotta get under there rip that all out as quickly as you can so that's the other thing is some places around here we're ready to start putting pieces back together but a lot of the places around here we actually are still ripping stuff out we are still removing i just had two phone calls yesterday from people that said, can you help us? We just need stuff taken out. Um, And that's sad to me because we are over a month away from that. And the longer that stuff sits, uh, the more mold that amasses and the harder it is to actually be able to rebuild after that. So the good news is that um, people are reaching out to us and letting us know their needs. And so our church is starting to become, hey, if you need help, go, go talk to Shepherd. Good Shepherd can help you. Um, but that's where we can help them as long as we get people to come volunteer. We need so much volunteer help. 
it's just uh, incredible. Um, even earlier in the week, I talked to one of our, um, I, I called one of the smaller towns. It's about 2,200 people. I had gotten word that they were struggling, and this small community literally has four people trying to run their disaster their disaster center because because they're so small they don't get all the FEMA attention they don't get they don't get that kind of help and they don't get a lot of resources either and I I think this person I said so I heard this that you're you're um, you guys are kind of struggling she said yeah we are and I said well what's your greatest need and she said we need volunteers she said we haven't had volunteers for three weeks come in and help and I said to her, I said, we are here to help. What can we do? What, what do you need us to do? I said, we will do whatever we need to do. And I think she almost started crying. She just was so overwhelmed. You know, this lady who is a nonprofit, works for a nonprofit, is now having to deal with disasters. And so that's the other thing. That's why we need volunteers is our people are tired. They're weary. Um, they need someone else to, to kind of bring a light and a hope and, and a love for them so they know that they're, they're not forgotten and they're not in this alone. How can, how can groups uh, or individuals help serve with Good Shepherd? And, and what, what are those needs um, that, that people can help with? Well, our greatest need, um, we have been getting lots of resources, which are always welcomed. And, and um, you can never kind of have enough resources. Orphan Grain Train has been a phenomenal organization that has helped us with so much. And we'll continue to partner with them. Um, we were able to receive a grant from LCMS Disasters that is helpful. But those are just a couple of the number of just churches and things that have come forward with, with monetary gifts for us. But the biggest way, honestly, the most important way right now is we need volunteers. And you can go to our website, gslcfremont.org, uh, and there is a link there. We're calling this Project Restore. That's kind of the name of the initiative we're giving for this effort that our church is putting forth, Project Restore. And if you click on the Project Restore web, uh, icon on our website, that'll open up into an opportunity for you to register a group. Um, adult groups, youth groups, doesn't matter to us. We just need willing hearts. We need servant hearts here um, more than anything. That is, that is definitely our greatest, our greatest need. I, I'm getting tons of people saying we need help. And I don't have people right now to send them. Um, as a matter of fact, I was just chatting with our pastor yesterday, and I said, I got to reach out to my contacts in Omaha and Lincoln, Nebraska, a couple of our larger uh, towns, larger cities here in Nebraska. And I said, and we got to see if we can get people here like next week, because these things can't wait. It's, it, it is a little bit time sensitive with some of the carrying out of the stuff that we need to do. So, so volunteers as many volunteers as people are able to send. So if you're listening right now, maybe you are preparing to, maybe your your youth group is preparing to head to the National Youth Gathering, traveling a, mm. across the country. Uh, maybe you can make plans to stop in Fremont, Nebraska this summer and help out there. Um, you can get in touch with our friends at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church, GS, GSLC Fremont. So it's GSLC 
F-R-E-M-O-N-T dot org. And uh, we'll provide a link to that as well for the Project Restore uh, link on their page as well. We'll provide that with program notes today so that you can learn more there. I, I, I can relate to that. We've seen that right here in our own community in St. Mm-hmm. Louis and uh, in the surrounding communities with the floods that have happened here. Two floods, historic floods in the 500-year floodplain within a matter of five years. So yeah. we, we, we've yeah. seen that here and uh, our congregation has been significantly involved in that. And um, so we've seen that. And that, you know, as you were talking about, um, you know, just pulling out the the uh, insulation from underneath trailer homes, I was got to see that firsthand uh, helping out at one of the flood sites the, a couple of years ago. And so I, I know what you're saying. There are a lot of folks here in this part of the Midwest that can relate to that. And mm-hmm. uh, and so we need to uh, we can step up and and get on the road, come out to Fremont and help as well. Again, check it out. Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Fremont, Nebraska, ready for your help. We'll provide that link. Remkea, thank you so much for being our guest today on the Coffee Hour, and uh, God bless you on your efforts to serve your community with all those needs. Thank you. I appreciate that. Coming up in just a little bit, Ramadan. What is it? How do we? What do we need to know about it as we're um, as we're meeting and interacting with our Muslim neighbors? You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Oh, oh, oh.